This is the I Am A Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project. Episodes explore the careers of mainframe professionals and offer insights into the industry and technology. Now your host, Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Futurum Research, Stephen Dickens. Hello and welcome. My name's Stephen Dickens and you're joining us here on the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm really looking forward to today because I've got a dear friend joining us on the show, Len Santalucia. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Oh, good, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Always great to be chatting with you. Len, one of the few people who probably needs no introduction, but because we've got a broad audience, just let us get us started here. Tell us a little bit about your role, what you do for Vicom, and and we'll use that as a jumping off point. Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Len Santalucia. I am with Vicom Infinity, which is a Converge company. I am our CTO and business development manager. And uh, I've been here for, oh, I would say since around 2000, tail end of 2008. But prior to that, I was a IBMer for a long time, almost 31 years. And I've been with the mainframe all these all this time since uh, I started working in 1978 with IBM. Well, that gives me a great setup. The show's called I'm a Mainframer, and I've heard you tell this story on the main stage before, Len, but I think there's so much in it. Tell our listeners about, let's go back all the way and maybe do a bit of a story arc. You've got one of probably the best careers I've come across in the mainframe space, but let's go back right to the beginning. Tell the listeners and viewers here kind of how you got started, because I think the your origin story, as they call it today, in the in the sort of superhero world, is really fantastic. Well, thank you, and uh, very proud of it, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it's funny how it all unfolded. <clears throat> you know, when the mainframe was announced in 1964, April seven. I was uh, just turning 11 years old. I was 10 and a half years old. And my father and grandfather, who are IBMers, or they're no longer with us, but they were IBMers for a long time too, took me to the announcement of the mainframe, the 360 announcement. And they tell me, I'm, I'm trying to clear out the cobwebs, but they tell me I touched that first 360 that was there on the floor for the family day where everybody came in with their families to see it. But uh, I'll take their word for it. And I don't mind saying that anyway. And should I say my career back started back then? I, I think I can. But when I got out of college in, in 73, I, I graduated from Binghamton University, which is a big IBM college because it's right next to Endicott, New York, where IBM started in the 1924 time frame and um i uh was uh, you know uh, a graduate from there i worked on mainframes then right when i was part of my uh, degree from the business school school of management and uh, uh when i got out of school i was kind of the black sheep of the family with my father and grandfather when i uh, 
got a job with a couple of companies that no longer exist, Digital Equipment Corporation and Burroughs Corporation for the first few years of my career. But it certainly wasn't that way on, uh, as a fault of mine because I really tried very hard to get into IBM, uh, being an IBM or being a member of an IBM family, but they didn't have hiring going on at that time. So, but I kept persisting and persisting until 1978 came along and they saw the light and I hired uh, good old Len Santalucia. And uh, it was right there in Endicott, New York, where I started on as a uh, program support rep on VSE, M uh, MVS, which is now ZOS, of course and uh, ZVM, uh, working with customers on their problems and uh, you know, learning from the ground up what systems can do, which I will definitely hold as a very important part of my career because it really gave me some great background to really understand how the intricacies of the system really was. So moving, so Len, I mean, you've got such a fantastic story arc, and this could be a four-part podcast show that goes yeah. on for hours, but I've got to keep us moving. Okay, sure. But I know there's a sort of key point, and we've got some shared history around this. Wind us forward to sort of maybe 98, 99, ah, if you would. I know you played an instrumental role in kind of bringing Linux to the platform. So maybe skip us ahead if you can, sort of wind forward sure. the clock 20 years. Linux, Linux is coming to the mainframe. Just talk us through sort of some of your involvement in those early days, because I know there's some interesting stuff there. Certainly. Well, along comes the year uh, 1999, Stephen, and I was approached by IBM uh, because I was doing work with uh, – Unix system services and open open edition uh, open edition inside of um, ZOS, and they mm -hmm. said, "Well, we're going to bring a real Linux thing to this." And I said, "Really?" And I said, "What does that really mean?" And you know, I was trying to figure it out. And I, the first thing I did was I, I said, "I'm, I think I'll stay with what I know." And thank you, but no thank you. But then they kept persisting at me, and I. And they, they kind of made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I, I did take it. And boy, was it the best thing I ever did, Stephen. I'll tell you, helping, I, I was first member of what was known back then as the Linux Impact Team. And it was when it was when IBM decided to bring Linux on all platforms, on, mm -hmm. on the mainframe, on P-series, as it was called back then, Power, and X-series, which is X-Systems back then. Greatest thing I ever did because I only had only um, Linux, uh, you know, mainframe experience only, but having to learn it across all the platforms in, in real time and being affiliated with the Wall Street customers as I was all those years, it was a very good experience. We were right in the middle of a storm of requests for Linux across the X systems. And then when they started putting too many of them in, they started saying, hey, how are we gonna slow this down and consolidate some of this? And of course, along comes Linux on Z, uh, story for me at the same time with virtualization capability with, with ZVM at the time. And they started really taking a hold of it and they really liked what consolidation is so they can mix and match because it was mm -hmm. the same. Linux was Linux. And uh, they were able to 
get control of their environments because thank God for the mainframe with Z and its virtualization consolidation capabilities. So that's a little bit of how it started, Stephen, with that in Linux impact team. Well, let's, so let's let's use the that as a pivot to tell your story. I know there's still a lot of ZOS and still a lot of sort of traditional mainframe there, but I know you've been involved from the get-go with the open mainframe project. I know when I was kind of bootstrapping you that, you were one of the first people to jump in with both feet. But tell us what the last sort of six, seven years, you know, you've moved on from IBM, you're now at Vicom. But give us a as we try and get the story arc, maybe let's do the last sort of 2015 and the open mainframe project and then sort of do that segment of your career. Certainly. First of all, I have you to thank most of all, and I sincerely mean it. I I, uh, care for what you wish for Len, I think was the story of that call. Nah, it was fine. It was fine. I'm glad I took it on and you, you know, you, you didn't really have to twist my arm too much because I know how much. <laughs> no, you, you didn't know, know what I was signing you up for, thankfully, at the time. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it goes, uh, if you don't do anything like that, you never learn anything. You know, it's the yeah. old saying, if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes, right? So I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, taking on the responsibility be- of becoming uh, the first member as well as uh, being asked to be the chairperson of the Linux Foundation's uh, Open Mainframe Project Governing Board. And I've been there since then. What was that, eight years now, Stephen, I think? Yeah, I think I did it for about nine months and then handed the baton over to you once we got up and running. Yeah, yeah. And my God, it's it, it, it's just been a whirlwind. It doesn't feel like it. That I can't believe all this time has gone by because, you know, getting it off the ground, getting projects going uh getting people to want to volunteer to do projects and um making decisions business decisions for the for the group and then working along of the with the technical advisory board uh, uh, also uh it's just been fantastic and you know now we're way over 20 projects um i've been involved with the uh open mainframe projects acquisition of their own mainframe can you nobody would ever have thought the place where linus torvalds works that they would get their own mainframe can you imagine that yeah i think even i would have struggled to see that vision back in 2015 oh ever 2015 right so now you know we're it's sitting you know uh, maris college was gracious enough to uh, give floor space to the OMP. You know, it doesn't have its own place to put anything, and they're letting it plug in and tie it and hook it into the network. So, along comes 2023, we should be able to get that uh, up and running, and all of the projects will have a nice place to run and test and develop. So, their- what's the significance of that going to be, Lynn? I mean, I think I know, I know you know, but maybe just for the listeners and the viewers here, what's the significance of an open source project, such as the Open Mainframe Project, having its own mainframe infrastructure? What's that going to mean for the community? Well, now that we have a real place where it is um, monitored and managed, uh, and in fact, it happens to be our company who is going to be doing that, 
And so when they and they need a real platform uh, with Linux on Z on ZVM or under KVM, or they want to um, actually do some open source development on the, on the ZOS side or ZVSE side of the of the box, they have a place to go now. And mm -hmm. uh, as a uh, benefit of be being a member of the Linux Foundation Open Mainframe Project they will have this resource available to them. Otherwise, they'd have to try to find hooker by crook someplace else. I mean, we have been allowing people to use our machine, but, you know, our machine is, you, you never know from one day to the next if it's going to be up or down, you know, or it's its really a pure development, you know, not really watched over rail. But we do take care of those that are on there now. We have about six or seven projects on there now they're using. And, but as soon as the... Uh, Z15 at the OMP is up and running. We're going to flip them all right over there, and they'll be on a real nice uh, system that's properly managed and monitored. And uh, you know, they need something; they got support, real true support. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge for the community for them to just for open source developers to be able to drop onto a managed mainframe environment, get resources, develop code. And, and really sort of drive that forward is going to just be huge, I think, just to supercharge the development going forward for the 20 projects that you describe and the ones that will come down the track afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think there are places now or projects that have been talked about. Uh, I know some of them have talked to me off to the side at uh, the, the Open Mainframe Project Summit and at other uh, meetings and sh share and other you know conferences and so on and I could kind of tell they were looking for a place to have and I said just keep keep your keep watch keep in touch with <laughs> me and we're going to have a place for you not too far down the road because th then then they'll feel more open to power pardon the pun to actually uh, get going on something and, and really do some real work with more open source for the mainframe. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's huge. I mean, we covered the announcement here. I think it's going to be foundational for the project. So as we start to move to the sort of second half of this, I always ask these questions of all the guests. So I know you've heard these before as you're a regular avid listener to the show. I always ask, you know, and, and you've got a fantastic career history, and, and what advice would you give to your younger self? So you go back to sort of uh len you know age 22 you're finishing binghamton it's 1973 what advice would you give based on this storied career what would you say to your younger self i probably would would say um stop trying to rush yourself out of the programming and technical area so fast before you start getting involved with uh, other aspects of the business because it is very valuable to have that background. It's very valuable to have that and, and develop it more. I would have told myself, develop yourself a little bit more there because it just would have, would give me even more depth uh, in, in my conversations with clients and prospects uh, and, and, and people who uh, really want to understand the technology and, and test my abilities to answer questions that are relevant to them from a technical business and, and financial perspective. That's what I would tell myself. So I know you do a lot of mentoring. I mean, just maybe 
ask you an additional question. Where do you see the state of new talent coming to the platform? I, I know you take a really active role. What do you see as some of those sort of either college kids or new new sort of graduates coming to the platform? Well, you know, um, I really believe in our uh, open mainframe project internship program or, mm -hmm. or menteeship program very much. I, we have started that a, quite a while ago. And as you might remember, you know, they we had a few people take up in the beginning. But, you know, let's see, what's it now? At least fourth year now, maybe fourth or fifth year going on the fifth year. This last year, we had to turn away a ton of people uh, mm -hmm. that wanted to be because the, the word has gotten out there on how valuable these internships are with the open mainframe project and um but to not lose those that we had to give an answer of no or postpone them for maybe the next round is uh, making sure they understand the ibm academic initiative mm -hmm. and the other members of the open mainframe project like rocket software and broadcoms and um uh, uh cities and uh you know adp that, uh, and many other uh universities and other corporations that have programs also uh, so that you know you don't want to lose those that got it you say oh they don't like me you know i'm oh yes i'll never they won't come back i don't want to leave a bad taste in their mouth mm -hmm. so making sure that they all get find a place one way or another uh, in in this world, get them involved with conferences like Share, and the the VM Workshop, and the Open Mainframe Project Summit, and others that are out there, uh, so that they can see and talk to other people. There's nothing like the networking piece of this whole thing, and getting them just connected into the group. And then once I feel you kind of hook them in, uh, then they are usually very well. Uh, involved and stay involved and you know I'm start getting a lot of people asking me more questions and so do my other colleagues in this with me which is what we hope for fantastic fantastic well then uh, one final question before we start to wrap up I ask this of all the guests and I, I think you've got a unique perspective here where do you see this platform five, ten years out from now. So you've got the ability to look in the, the crystal ball. We're sort of recording this in October. So you've got that Halloween sort of crystal ball. The mist's clear, and you get the ability to look ahead. Not at Z17 and the next box, but a mm. little bit further down the track. Where do you see the mainframe sort of going from here, five, ten years out? Well, I think especially because of the recent announcements made with the new Z16 and its capabilities for acceleration of artificial intelligence inferences and calculations and transactions, I think this is going to catapult this Z system into another area that it doesn't even know about or even see itself. Mm -hmm. and. You always can depend on the next 17, the 18, the 19, the Z20, whatever they are, to have newer and better technology. But this is kind of a very special capability. 
And because of that, I think it's going to find its way into places that you never saw Z systems considered. I know uh, with the uh, press and advertising IBM has done, I have received, because people seek me out or find me, um, places to talk to I never would have talked to before, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, that are applying it in ways we've never ever even fathomed, you know, and I, that's what's so exciting about it. So I really think that nobody will able to be predict this as much as I would like to say I can, I just predict that it's getting, get, get into places where it has never been considered ever. And I, think, I mean, Len, I think that's, I feel like I've hardly touched the surface let alone dug deep into your background on this platform. We're going to have to get you again. I, this is almost a sort of first part of a three-part series. So I'm signing our producer up to getting you back on the show, and I'm signing you up to be tortured by me again. But your <laughs> career arc is just fantastic. There's so much to unpack. It's been a pleasure, as always, to chat you're, to you. You're, you're so, more than welcome. I was really looking forward to this today. I knew this was going to be one of the highlights of my day, so I really appreciate it. But I know we've both got time pressure, so we're going to have to wrap things up. Well, you know, just one thing in closing, you know, it's it's been such a fantastic career for me personally. Next year, I will be turning 70, and I will be celebrating my 50th year really working on the mainframe. I could say 60 if I want to count that 1964 touch, which is as old as the mainframe is, but let's keep it at 50. Well, <laughs> I think, I think Len, I, I'm, I'm angling for an invite to that celebration for sure. Oh yeah. You're, you're going to be one of the ones there. That's for sure. Fantastic. Well, Len, thank you for joining the show. Listeners, you've been listening to the, I'm a mainframer podcast. We'll catch you on the other side. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to I Am A Mainframer. Liked what you heard? Subscribe to get every episode or watch us online at openmainframeproject.org. Until next time, this is the I Am A Mainframer podcast. Insights for today's mainframe professionals.